Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Final hour is here, Tuesday edition. Coming up, we take a look at the playoff picture across the NFL as it stands now after week 11, headed into week 12, of course, Thanksgiving Day with three matchups. And then we finish with Indianapolis, right? Indianapolis, Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football. That is correct. For week 12. And Monday, then, November 28th. After that, we are on the way to Deshaun Watson's debut. Outkick 360 broadcasting live with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine at 6th and Peabody in downtown Nashville and across the Outkick Network, streaming live at Outkick.com. Chad, uh, Matt Rule reportedly turned down the Nebraska job. Yeah. This per CBS Sports. Are you surprised? that he's already eliminated Nebraska from this. Yes, because... Um, Normally you can have some leverage, right? You and, and John said, you know, it's going to be east of the Mississippi is where he's going to take his next job, wherever it may be. I, I just, if you want to get... He, he tells Good Morning Football that he's desperate, wants to get back into coaching. That's what he wants more than anything else quickly. Um, unless he's getting the Auburn gig... I don't know what makes a lot of sense for him last right now unless West Virginia comes open and he takes that job. Yeah, or something like Ole Miss. Or, again, I'm with you. Other things will open up that we don't know about right now, so these aren't the only jobs but that'll it, be open. Is this, it's not like, maybe you have heard because you, you've got ties to, to Nebraska. Is this where this is something where Rule found out he's not going to be the guy, so he just removed his name? I mean, that's what Nebraska is going to claim. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think Nebraska would be removing Matt Rule from any list unless they had already hired someone. Um, and if they're just waiting for the season to end for someone, or the regular season at least, there's a lot of run right now up there about Lance Leipold that could be the choice from Kansas. So I, who, who knows? It, people get restless right now because when you fire someone as early as Nebraska did, the thinking is... You should know as a fan by now, or pretty much know right. the way things are lining up. Here's who you're going to get. And there's a lot of uncertainty. That also tells me that Trev Alberts has run a good search because there's not a lot known about what they're going to do. What about Matt Rule at Georgia Tech? I mean, yeah. I mean, that would be a, a great... Georgia Tech is so weird to pinpoint because that would be a terrific hire for Georgia Tech. But... They also just hired an, a, a Temple coach in Jeff well, Collins. It didn't work. Yeah. I know they're different guys, and Matt Rule went from Temple to, to Baylor and had success. Didn't have success in the NFL. How serious is Georgia Tech about competing right. at the highest levels of even the ACC? Also, the ACC is not the most protected conference. So if you can get into the Big Ten at a job like Nebraska, I don't know why Matt Rule would just dismiss Nebraska if they're offering him a lot of money. That seems to make a lot of sense to me for Nebraska and Matt Rule, but what do I know? He clearly has another job in mind, or if he doesn't get that job that he wants this year, 
he can sit out with his paycheck from David Tepper for a year and then reevaluate next year and see what jobs come open. Chad, I was watching uh, all the college games on Saturday, and I just decided to keep up with the big, uh, we could call it hot takes, but just the assumption, the jump to conclusion on certain programs based on results. And we'll go one by one through the SEC and riff on some of the things I saw, either through social media, um, through a column, headline at a site, maybe uh, a, a like discussion in studio. This uh, watching games, scouring shows on television, and also seeing uh, social media reaction to different programs. You kind of cultivated this top thing for every program, right, that yes. we're going to go through. That's a current narrative with that team. It is time for SEC Rapid Fire. And we can start with the Georgia Bulldogs. Kirby Smart will have three championships at Georgia by 2025. I think it's absolutely possible. I think it's likely. Uh, not just possible at this rate, likely. They are likely to win it this year. Yep. And that's two in a row. Then they would just need one more over the next. And the reason, the, the three reason for years. 2025 is the, you know the the playoff expands. Even if you're the top team, it should be more difficult to go on that path to a championship. But while it's a four-team playoff, Georgia right now is by far the better team of the the four we will see in there. Kirby regardless Smart, of who that is. Kirby Smart has seemingly built an indestructible force within his own program. Things can always turn, but it's going to be hard to turn. You know, you've got a big ship going down the ocean. It's hard to turn that thing around. And Georgia and Kirby Smart having a gigantic ship going right down the ocean right now towards more national titles. They're going to have the number one recruiting class in the country. They did all this with a walk-on quarterback in Stetson Bennett. You think they're going to – I mean, they're only going to get more talented at quarterback. I don't know if they're going to get better because Stetson Bennett's been great. But they're going to get, they're gonna get out, more though. talented yeah. Yes, yes. at that position. I mean, yeah. I, I, I hesitate to say, well, he's Saban now. He's the next Nick Saban. Nick Saban's the greatest coach in the history of the sport. So I'm not going to say that yet. But is Georgia in prime position to be Alabama in the SEC East and in the conference for the next decade? Absolutely. They are, they are currently in better position than Bama is. To be Bama for the and next decade. Right when you start doubting them, going into the Tennessee game, for instance, they show up and they produce and they slam the door on you, on all the doubters. It's hard to doubt anything they're doing uh, for the immediate future and say they're not going to be the championship favorite. For Auburn, the next Auburn Tigers head coach will be at Auburn for at least five years. And I, this was, this is out there because the take I saw was if Kiffin's the guy within three to four years, he has gone somewhere else. If he has success at Auburn, he is in the NFL, right? And if he doesn't have success at Auburn, he's still floating his name out there to bail and get the next job because he's restless. I don't know where you're going uh, other than the NFL if you take the Auburn job, if you're Lane Kiffin. There's not many other jobs, you know, save two or three, where you can clearly say, well, that's a step up from Auburn. There's just not many. They're all kind of lateral moves once you get to the top half of the SEC. If you get a top half of the SEC job, almost everywhere else in college football could be considered or, or debated 
as a lateral move to below. Right. So it would it would be the NFL. I, I think yes, and I think for Auburn's sake, Hutton, it better be. You better have a coach in place I, that's going to be there for five-plus years. And I get you go hire the best coach. You don't think about them possibly leaving. I, I, I think if Lane Kiffin takes this Auburn job, he's taking it to win a national title. And unless he fails miserably, he's going to be there for five years. So my answer is yes. Well, and I, I, I would also say yes because I would lean towards the, the boosters, the donors of the program, the new AD, making the decision and sticking with it this time. And it sounds as though whatever decision it ends up being, it can be Matt Rule, it can be Lane Kiffin, um, it can be Hugh Freeze. There are other options as well. It sounds as though this is going to be a much better fit with the culture of the SEC and a coach knowing what he's getting himself into, except yeah. from the West Coast, right? Like, you just got a vibe that it just wasn't going to work out for Harson pretty early on. I thought Miami was the perfect fit for Lane Kiffin uh, in terms of a rogue. I mean, at their best, they're a rogue. Yeah. They're the Death Star. I mean, they are they are the uh, Galaxy Avengers that no one wants to mess with, and they're going to do things their own style and own way. That's Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin's going to operate to his own drummer at all times. I, I think that, that Miami was a good fit. I think Auburn, as kind of a rogue-type program in the SEC, especially in that state. And look, you got to be a rogue. Yeah, I mean, when you're in the same state and your biggest rival is Bama, you you got to be a little bit out there. I mean, you you got to you got to go against the grain. You got to do what it takes. You got to do what's necessary in order to compete. Lane Kiffin would do that. We know Auburn boosters will do that. It's a program that uh, an athletic program that will back that. So I think Lane Kiffin to Auburn. I wrote the column in Outkick about playing matchmaker with all these programs. Lane Kiffin was number one for me. It's the perfect match, Auburn and Kiffin. This next one is, I think, a big, a bit tongue-in-cheek and just jabbing at Tennessee fans a bit on social media. For Tennessee, the Vols have peaked under Josh Heupel because we've seen now the blowout loss to South Carolina, the immediate reaction to that. And, you know, if they get to 10 wins, we'll see a look back on a season where they got to the 10-win season, potentially against an Orange Bowl opponent like Clemson, maybe... What maybe won't be the Sugar Bowl now? Maybe the Cotton Bowl, but again, ten wins from where they were and the climb out of the the darkness has been tremendous. Regardless of how all this comes to be this coming Saturday, uh, now that can be derailed very very quickly by losing to Vandy as well, Chad. But no, they have it peaked, and there's no way that he continues to let the defense be what drags them down for a third consecutive year after what we've seen the last two years. I made that comparison to early Dabo Sweeney getting rid of Kevin Steele uh, after that 70-point outburst against West Virginia, that West Virginia scored 70 on Clemson. That's when they hired Brent Venables, and that's when Clemson became Clemson. Um, Josh Heupel may be forced to make the same decision. Mm -hmm. If Tennessee is going to become a Clemson-like program and seriously compete for the college football playoff every year, then he may have to make a move on defense to get credible on that side of the ball to pair with his offense. Now, people saying that they've peaked and they know they've peaked in year two, I mean, give me a break. That's trolling to the highest order. That's people who just hate Tennessee and want to see every Tennessee fan miserable because you can't say that in year two. If this was year four, and from year two to year four, two of those three years, the the, the ceiling was a 10-3 and type year and a win in a bowl game, then, yeah, you could start to say, well, maybe that's the best Tennessee can be. That's not so bad. 
I'd say the same thing about Ole Miss, well, right? Right. I mean, has Lane Kiffin peaked at Ole Miss? I'd say probably. That's also a great coach at Ole Miss. Stoops at Kentucky to get too, them to right? ten like, wins again. Yeah. Like it's. I mean, a that's different length of, of time there. I yes. mean, it's it's still far fetched. It was always far fetched to think Tennessee was going to be in the college football playoff this year. No one expected that. Even up until the disastrous loss in South Carolina, it just felt improbable, and it was. It's not going to happen. It feels improbable to me to say, you know, they're going to pass Georgia in the next four years. I mean, it's going to take a home game, a crazy set of circumstances, in a year where you've got a great quarterback and you beat Georgia, and then maybe lose one game and get to a playoff and maybe go on a run and win a national title. So much has to happen. But to say they peaked in year two of their head coach is utterly ridiculous. We don't know that. It's year two. Speaking of coaches, Mississippi State up next. The Bulldogs should make a change at head coach this offseason. I thought of you, Chad, because we were discussing the comments made by Charles Barkley saying there's going to be a surprise firing in the Southeastern Conference. If you really start looking around the conference, it's hard to find a surprise that's that's actually believable, I guess, and if you start going coach to coach. This, uh, this is something I have pondered now for over, what, 48 hours. And, yeah, I, I think they should consider it if – they can get the certain coaches we're discussing. I think it's Deion Sanders. I think it's time for someone to go in on Deion Sanders and have them have him and his staff come in and take over a program and try to elevate to another level. I think Mike Leach, while a, a very good offensive mind and at times coaches a, a very good football team against the best opponents. They're really not that competitive if you watch them play their biggest game. So I, in, in year three with his quarterback and no, knowing where the expectations were, and I know going into the season, many had the expectations like, what, fourth or fifth in the West. But I do think it can be much better than that in year three with Mike Leach than what we've seen this year on a consistent basis week to week. And if you can get Dion, yeah, I'd sign up for primetime. So three years at Mississippi State for Mike Leach. Let's talk about ceilings and floors. Four and seven in the in year one in 2020 in the COVID year. Um, they actually had a bowl game in that year because there weren't enough teams that were eligible. They were seven and five a year ago, lost in the Liberty Bowl to go to seven and six. They're now seven and four. They're an underdog against Ole Miss to possibly go seven and five in back-to-back years. I think we can start to say this is probably the ceiling for Mississippi State under Mike Leach. It's seven or eight wins. That's a good year for Mississippi State historically. That's probably not where they ultimately want to go. Um, for that reason, I would put my money on if Charles Barkley's right, it being Mississippi State is the surprise opening. And if you want to swing for the fences, you absolutely hire Deion Sanders at Mississippi State and see what type of recruiting classes you can start bringing in. Let's go to Gainesville. The Gators will have a new head coach before 2025. Chad, I right now, I think... You could, I can honestly tell you, I think it's a 50-50 proposition because I don't know how much leniency he has versus what we have seen from other head coaches. I mean, the big shocker was Dan Mullen last year. And I know he's got good recruiting classes. And I also know that the transfer portal has opened up things at a completely different level for programs. But... This tends to be recently a program that will eat its own. And Florida has such a high demand for success based on what we've seen. 
I think the demand could be overwhelming. It could also be perfect, right? They could have their guy. But I, I'd say it's a coin flip right now. I don't know how to answer it. 2025 is a, a ways off here. There's not enough evidence to give a great answer to this, but they're going to go 6-6, six and six, I think, this year. They're going to lose to Florida State, I believe, and go 6-6. Six and six. If they go anywhere close to that next year, there's going to be the expectation, right or not, that they're going to take a, a nice, sizable step up in year two. Then he's on the hot seat in 2024, if that happens. Anything similar next year happens. Yeah. Hot seat in 2024. So I say that to say that's one down that would lead you to believe they're going to be out of uh, in this in search of a new coach before 2025. Happens next year, then it's likely that that will be the case. I just haven't seen enough yet. They've got a good recruiting class coming in. I saw they just cut one of their quarterback commitments, which is convenient also because they've got one of the top quarterbacks in the country that just decommitted from Miami, from Northern California, and now he's going to go to Florida. So they're bringing in Jaden Rashada, is his name, a top quarterback okay. prospect. I think they're going to be fine, but you are right about this. Florida's become a program that you better win and win fast. And where are they in the pecking order by 2025? I think it's a good year to put out here because of Texas and Oklahoma coming in. So where are they on the the shelf, the tiers? Right now, they're not near where they want to be, but again, year one. Well, and suddenly they, they may actually be measured up against Tennessee for the first time in a while yep. with, with Billy Napier in, in Florida. If and Josh Heupel can continue building around this offense and putting up those points and those wins, that they're going to compare themselves to Tennessee where it's been a foregone conclusion that Florida's been better for years and years lately. For Ole Miss, or excuse me, I'm sorry, for LSU, Brian Kelly will bring a national championship to Baton Rouge. The answer is yes, yes, yes. If Ed Orgeron can do it, Brian Kelly is doing it. Oh, it's happening. I mean, look, he took this job to win a national title, and there were all those uh, graphics going around (laughs) and jokes after week one about the SEC being, what, 13 and Brian Kelly's face. Yes. After they lost to Florida State. Brian Kelly's the only one laughing now. They've they've won the SEC West. They're going to the SEC Championship in year one. This was not supposed to happen. But I always thought when he took this job, he would eventually win it all. He's going to win it all. I'm going to say within his first four years on the job at LSU, I think it's going to happen in that that time span. Uh, For Kentucky, the Wildcats will regret the most recent Mark Stoops extension. I don't think they will because he's one of the coaches that he's not going to flirt every single year and I I keep making the comparison to Ole Miss but you have to realize which coach you have in that situation and by giving him the extension is he going to turn around and use it against you a year from now I don't think so I, I I think he coaches to a level where Kentucky wants to be and he has brought back a football mentality a basketball school you know, where they would have it once every 50 years. And now he's actually going back and forth with Coach Cal. I think they're perfectly fine paying him the money that they're paying him right now. And every time, Chad, it comes time to to pay up, Kentucky will. Because they know he's loyal to them the same way they're loyal to him. They're not going to regret it um, because they, they have arrived to a point where their floor is pretty high. And even if they lose yep. to Louisville, 6-6 six and six is their floor, I feel like now. We're witnessing their floor this year, and 6-6 six and six being the floor is not so bad at Kentucky. They're not going to regret that extension. Stoops is going to be fine. For Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin needs to leave Oxford now. 
And yes, if he wants to jump into the SEC and have a chance to go win a national championship and again, stay in the Southeastern Conference and do that with more NIL, with more support behind the individual program. Yes, this is the time to make the jump after wooing everybody possible for the big jobs a year ago. Absolutely. Now is the time. We talked about Matt Campbell earlier. you got to strike while the iron's hot. Lane Kiffin is not Matt Campbell. He's had a better program than Iowa State historically. But Ole Miss is also one of the losingest programs in the SEC. He's done a nice job there. If he wants to go win a national title, now is the time to jump at the Auburn opportunity if you're Lane Kiffin. We'll pause there. We will come back and we'll start with Vandy and work our way all the way through Texas A&M. Six programs to grow across the, the, the SEC. The Texas A&M question is terrific. Yes. And uh, we will also take a look at the NFL playoff picture as it stands right now as we head into Week 12. This is Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Coming up, we'll take a look at the NFC and AFC NFL playoff picture. Plus, we will take a, a look ahead at a, a turf war. There's a hot dog vendor turf war going on. I like any turf war, especially that those involving processed meats. <laughs> and hot dogs <laughs> are one of my favorite food items. For withrow. That study came out about you, know, you uh, erase like seven minutes of your life every time you eat a hot dog from a health standpoint. And I immediately started trying to do the math <laughs> on what that makes my life expectancy because I've been known to eat two hot dogs at 9 a.m. at a gas station on a drive out of town. Like, There's no bad time of day for a hot dog. Even if I go get All donuts games, for the family, yeah. I get those, those kolaches that aren't really kolaches. It's just a hot dog, like a generic hot dog shoved yes. into the bread at the donut place. I'll always get one of those with the donuts as well. No bad time for hot dogs. SEC rapid fire continues with Vanderbilt. Clark Lee Vanderbilt will be the head coach for at least the next seven seasons. So I'm just, I saw this. It was, you know, he's the guy. He's not leaving. I tend to believe this. You know, I, he, he seems like the perfect fit and a guy who just gets it and who's going to see this through. And while it, I think why they 
why I saw this is like seven seasons. You start projecting when they're actually going to renovate whatever they're talking about renovating. This puts that in line with all of it. Is he actually going to see everything through? Or is it more of empty promises? Which I don't think it is this go around. I would like them to break ground on something though. Uh, but yes, uh, the, they're breaking ground on wins in the SEC. And, and Clark Lee seems like he's the perfect fit because he is and knows Vanderbilt. If we had this question on Monday after the game on Saturday, I'd have a much clearer picture because if they beat Tennessee, then the answer is next 17 years. You yeah. can put a one next to it if they go out and, and beat Tennessee this year uh, with, with But I think Clark it's Lee. also about him. Like yeah, it's, it's more it's, about... It's, the answer is yes. He's not going to yeah. leave. There's not a job... There's not a job he's going to win himself into at Vanderbilt that he would consider leaving. And he's a Vanderbilt guy. Played there. He's from Nashville. Uh, he grew up in the private school community in Nashville. He's not going anywhere. I think this is a pretty safe bet, Hutton, to say. He's going to be there seven-plus years. Right now, Arkansas is 6-5. and five. And the rapid-fire take on Arkansas, the Razorbacks will win more games next season than they did this season. Meaning, where are they in the pecking order a year from now under Sam Pittman? And is the shine wearing off a bit? I realize they put it on Ole Miss. They play a distinct brand and have a they have a clear identity. Um, I think this is about what we're going to see. So, you know, maybe they win one more game than they will this year. Maybe. But I think they're probably right on course with what we've seen, Chad, because of the upcoming schedule every single year for Arkansas in the SEC West. Yeah, Malik Hornsby, I think, is their backup quarterback right now. Looking at their depth chart, I know he started. Yeah, he started a game in, in place, at least one. Um, he's a redshirt sophomore. He's not K.J. Jefferson, so I think there's going to be a drop-off there. They could also hit the transfer portal. I mean, everyone yeah. can, can upgrade at any position. Uh, I'm going to say no. I, I, th I think we've seen the height of Sam Pittman, and I think they're going to be right around six wins or less a year from now at Arkansas. So um, I, I think this is a program that has plateaued under Sam Pittman and is going to go down. So I, I, we have to answer these questions. My answer is I think it's yeah, a they're, they're, going to, they're going to win fewer games next year. So the answer to this question is no in regards to Arkansas. Yeah, if they win again, I, I would say no. And if they stay at six wins, then I think the answer is probably yes, if, if we're going to count the same record. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, moving on to South Carolina. Shane Beamer is the right coach to lead the Gamecocks. This is brought up because you know, he's backed up last year's momentum with how they've won games this year. And, you know, they're going to be the off-season storyline of an up-and-coming program. Now, whether or not you believe that, that's fine if you don't. But the wins they've had this season are so much better than some of the wins we've seen at Florida or what we've seen at Chad, what, uh, Kentucky. Um, we could list through this. Arkansas, Texas A&M, of course. Shane Beamer's the right guy for this because I think he brings some energy and juice to that program that had been lacking. And there's a buy-in factor with him there. It's impossible not to say that he's not the right guy. I mean, this is, to me, pretty easy in that he was, he shared the first year 
Head Coach of the Year award with Josh Heupel a year ago nationally. Surprised at South Carolina year one. Just had a monster win over a top five Tennessee team this past weekend. Huge, yeah. Uh, they've got seven wins again. They're going for eight against uh, against Clemson, their rival, on Saturday. Um, yeah, I mean, a year ago they were six and six and won the bowl game. You get to seven and six. They're going to be seven and five. They improved by a game this year. I don't think as a you know, it's not a slam dunk. They're going to be some force in the SEC. But for South Carolina right now, with what he inherited, it's the right hire. And he's a really good coach. And he has South Carolina headed in the right direction. What is the ceiling of that program under him? Don't know yet. But absolutely, they got it right with Shane Beamer. He's doing a good job. Alabama will not win another national championship under Nick Saban. The context with this is who's coming into the league, expansion of the playoffs soon, and knowing that LSU is on the rise and knowing that Georgia is like the trendy new Alabama. The thing is, though, you also have to factor in how long do you think Saban's going to coach? And if you think he's a lifer, and I do, I don't think he's leaving anytime soon. The answer to this is no. He's going to win another national championship, maybe more. (laughs) It's just that Bama will continue to be Bama. I don't think they'll slip like we've seen. We've seen a slip this year. But, Chad, I'm not buying. I'm not taking this bait on Saban is done and the dynasty is over. They're fine. They're fine. And Bama's not going anywhere. Unfortunately for all of the college football fans that want to, to mix and match and see new things. Never, ever take the bait on the Bama dynasty being over or them truly slipping. Because Nick Saban... He will catch you slipping, and you are destined for a fall if you think that's going to happen. He will win another national title. Um, he's got to retire at some point. Uh, humans die. I mean, something's got to happen at some point yeah. with Nick Saban. He feels like a guy who could coach till he's 100 and win 10 more national championships or more if he really wanted to. Um, it, they're going to win another one, though. He's not. He's not done. To Missouri, can Eli Drinkwitz convince Luther Burden to stay until he's draft eligible? The answer no. is no. 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 Uh, Trey Wallace was on with us earlier, and he said, look for a lot of departures in the transfer portal. And I immediately thought about Luther Burden I mean, at Missouri. This is a big one, though, because it was kind of weird that he was even there, right? And yeah. you're, you're like, oh, maybe because Eli Drinkwitz was being in the – he was mentioned the same sentence with Shane Beamer, right, last offseason. Momentum and can they build on it? Can they get better quarterback play? They, they both talk a lot of smack too. Yes. Oh yeah. And I don't think Shane Beamer is going to have a mass exodus of his top players. And I think Luther Burden, the top player at Missouri, is out of there to the highest bidder. I don't know what Missouri does in terms of NIL, but maybe if they funneled all of their NIL money into one Luther Burden basket, then decided to get him all the NIL money, maybe then he would stay. But outside of that, I think Luther Burden is headed somewhere else. Finally, Jimbo Fisher in Texas A&M. Jimbo will be the Aggies head coach by the end of the 2023 season. The answer to this is whether or not he brings in an OC and allows the offensive coordinator to call the plays. Right? It's not like the OC is the coordinator and then you have Jimbo Fisher calling plays on game day. If that's the case, I think I think the answer is no. 
Um, but Chad, it's hard for me to believe with the pressure that's on him and the expectations there and everything involved with the salary, the money, the boosters, uh, the program itself, and the recruiting classes that he will continue to get. It's hard for me to believe that his ego will overtake the decision that needs to be made to change up what is an old offense. They're on a collision course for 4-8 and eight this year if they lose to LSU in the finale. This is a program in Texas A&M and their fans. They're not looking for reasons to fire the coach. They're looking for reasons to keep the coach. Any progress next year, 6-6, six and six, get to a bowl game. Do anything better. Hire an offensive coordinator. Show some life on that side of the football. He's not going to leave. He will be the head coach for at least another couple of years. I do not think they're going to fire him next year. I do believe in Billy Lucci and others we've had on that think that he will do the right thing and hire a new offensive coordinator. I hope he turns it over more to that offensive coordinator and doesn't yes. demand full control of the offense. If he does that, AM will improve. They've got some talent. They're young. They're going to get better a year from now. He's going to be the head coach in 2024 and beyond. There's your SEC rapid fire. What was the strange? I think the strangest take would have been the the hypo peaking. But that's again, that's a that's that's, a that's people just looking around and loss. saying you're never gonna ha- you're never gonna be have a year where you beat Bama, Florida, and, and an LSU on the road in the same year. You got a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback. He's not going to be back next year, so the program has peaked. To which I say, those people don't understand that Hendon Hooker was not the talent or recruit level that Tennessee's bringing in. I don't know if Nico Iamaleava is going to be as good as Hendon Hooker ultimately, but there's articles I'm reading right now debating between him and Arch Manning as to who really is the best quarterback in this class. They are one and two. Almost anywhere you want to look. And That's great. Everything I read says the ceiling is higher for Nico because of his physical skill set. But you feel really good about Arch Manning right away. His floor is exceptionally high for Arch Manning. So, no, you can't declare the ceiling in year two for Josh Heupel. Do I think they're going to come back and win 10 games again next year? No, probably not. They're probably going to be 8-4, and let's say, a year from now. And that's fine. But that's a bridge year with Joe Milton. And then you're going to have Nico. And then you can see what, what, what can you have with two years of a right. guy that, that, that's that level of recruit under Josh Heupel. We know he can develop offensive players. We know he can develop an offense. So, yeah, I'm not buying that we know a ceiling yet with that program. Chad, let's take a look at the NFL playoff picture, starting with the AFC. And the first-round buy right now, as of today, would be the Kansas City Chiefs at 8-2 and two after knocking off the Chargers this past Sunday night. And you see the matchups right now. Right now, the two-seed, the Miami Dolphins, the division winner currently uh, in the AFC East, would be matched up against the Cincinnati Bengals. Right now, the seventh seed, and this is interesting because the Bengals are on the road this week in Nashville, taking on the Titans, who are going to win the AFC South. And right now, they're the three seed at seven and three, followed by the Ravens, also at seven three, in the AFC North. But keep in mind, there's just a one game difference between the Bengals and the Ravens. I believe they have another head to head matchup coming up soon. The Bills would be on the road in Baltimore where they had the comeback close victory. I think 24-20 maybe was the final score earlier this season. And the Patriots would be on the road against the Titans, a matchup I really like for the Titans at home right now. The other contenders, though, 
just outside would be the Chargers and the Jets. And the Jets may need to make a quarterback change if they want to stay a playoff contender. And I, I really felt like Chargers, Chargers... way more scary because of Herbert. Yes. Of those two. But they're at 5-5. Five and five And I felt like that was... They needed that game against Kansas City. You know, to just move forward and just get some momentum going because they had been stacking some wins and they'd lose one. And uh, Herbert's been... He's been really tough all season with the rib injury and everything else he's been playing through and they've been banged up but at five and five it's hard like this is you're gonna have to have the Bengals or you know the the, maybe the Patriots really fall off the map and it's hard to see the Patriots doing that if you don't think the Jets are going to surge forward any longer after what we saw offensively on Sunday let's daydream about these matchups a little bit first yep um, Bills on the road in the in the first round of the playoffs would be something, especially in Baltimore. That is terrific. Patriots Titans will probably end on a punt return touchdown that will be the only <laughs> touchdown of the game if those two teams meet in cold weather in the playoffs because those are very much two defensive minded clubs going head to head. And Cincinnati Miami is amazing. If that well, were a seven two game, that's that. I mean. That's going to be a barn burner. But also consider like if, if oh, you, that's I mean that's incredible though for you think that's that's the game you're gonna have a touchdown plus line maybe when it's seven yeah. versus two. I mean that is a, a pick'em with Cincinnati even on the road against Miami if that's the seven two game. And consider the the wide receiver play in that matchup. Also think about this, like if the higher seeds would continue to win and you would pick the Bills on the road, you would have for the second consecutive season Bills at Chiefs in the divisional round for the right to go to the AFC Championship game. And we know how that ended last year. They yeah. changed the rule. So you'd have the rematch right now. If the Titans and Dolphins both won, Kansas City would get the uh, lowest remaining seed the following week, and it would be Buffalo if you're picking them over Baltimore. There's a lot of season left, and Bills own the head-to-head with the Chiefs, and they're a game behind them right now. So a lot of things can happen over the last you know, month and a half of the regular season. But the whole purpose of this regular season for the Bills was to get home playoff games. And if they get that rematch with the Chiefs, it's to get them in Orchard Park. That would be very disappointing for the Bills if they had to go back to Arrowhead and play that game. And I'm still not worried about them, though. I realize Miami's I'm not worried really about good. them overall, but I'm saying if, the goal of this regular season is to get home field for the Bills. That is a clearly stated goal for them. After last year and with this team coming back and what they added, it is to get the number one seed and have home field up until Arizona and the Super Bowl. And to have a Chiefs-type matchup late in the playoffs come to your place. So that is a failure if they don't get that. Not to say they can't go to Kansas City and and win. They could have done that a year ago. But that's the goal of the regular season if you're the Bills. To the NFC, Philadelphia remains the number one seed in the postseason. Uh, they would have the first round bye here. And now we start going through the divisional, uh, currently the divisional leaders, and again, uh, courtesy of CBS Sports. Right now, the Vikings are the two seed, despite getting throttled at home this past week by Dallas. They would host the Seattle Seahawks, who are 6-4. and four. Same record as the Cincinnati Bengals right now as the seventh seed in the AFC. 49ers, by virtue of winning last night, they would be the three seed hosting the New York Giants. And the Giants would have the better record as of today. But you have the 49ers as the division leader of the NFC West. And 
The Giants and Cowboys play on Thursday for Thanksgiving. Right now, Giants would be on the road against San Francisco and the Buccaneers at home, your leader in a bad division. Tom Brady would be hosting Dak Prescott in a rematch of week one. Geno Smith and the Seahawks, a playoff team. Who would have thought when they traded away Russell Wilson that you'd be looking at a scenario even now in in, uh, Thanksgiving week talking about playoff possibilities and the Broncos would not be in and the AFC are close to it and the Seahawks would be the seventh seed. Uh, Some really good matchups in in this group too. I, I think led by Giants 49ers. From a historic sense, and just with those two teams, a surprise the Giants uh, going to San, uh, going to uh, the 49ers would be terrific. Also consider, you know, the Eagles haven't been playing great. They lost to Washington. Then they survive in Indianapolis. But here come the Cowboys. You know, division matchup this week, a big one against the Giants in Big D. And, oh, by the way, Washington is the first team out right now in the NFC at six and five, followed by the Falcons, who are five and six, and the Lions, who are four and six and won three straight. Did you catch John McClain say the Redskins earlier? Oh, I did. Yes. When he said that, that, that surprised me. He, he usually yes. gets it right. I, I just like to say Washington now instead Washington of Washington football yeah. team. Yeah, or just Washington. You know, I just even if I'm saying the nickname of the other teams, I'll just go with Washington when when I talk about them. It's a great story uh, with them, Ron Rivera. May get some NFL Coach of the Year votes by the end of it if, if this continues because everyone's going to look at the, not just the on-field performance but in the face of just self-sabotage from above. Oh, with that everything they've had to go through. The right. fact that they're there at the eight seed right now, right there on the bubble, is remarkable. Yeah, everything you do is is you know you're tying you're tying your right hand behind your back right. and playing left-handed because of your ownership and leadership in the organization. Coming up, hot dog vendor turf war. And we get you ready for tomorrow's show, jam-packed with Football Week in Preview. This is Outkick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chad, uh, tomorrow we will have another look at the college football playoff. That's unveiled again tonight. Yes, we will. Is it at halftime again? Are we doing that again? No, I think there's no more <laughs> of those. Uh, we learned a lesson. Are we, are we uh, breaking into the Maui Invitational tonight? Yeah. In between Maybe. games to show something? Quarterfinals <laughs> of the Maui Invitational? Something ridiculous like that. Hopefully it's a set time. Armando Salguero, Bobby Carpenter, and more. Um, is this like an episode out of The Wire? Because I think this is like a, a great, uh, you know, a, a great script where you have a, a hot dog vendor Stabbed in a turf war with another hot dog vendor. I guess this guy got too close to, to the, the fire, yeah, the, the, so this turf war in San Diego. A 21-year-old hot dog vendor named Yanni Yans stabbed another hot dog vendor in a turf war. This happened outside of Petco Park, okay. where the Padres play. Apparently, Hutton, there was a 10 to 15-person brawl that broke out 
because vendors from L.A. set up shop in areas where San Diego hot dog vendors are typically serving hot dogs. Uh, It's unclear if permits were involved, but uh, Yanni Jans... (laughs) My guess is no. ...stabbed a 31-year-old man in the back, and he was arrested. Uh, The victim hospitalized. Thankfully, no life-threatening injuries after the stabbing over the hot dog. I did immediately think, I don't want to make too much light of this, and I'm glad no one died in the stabbing. Of course. But uh, did he get like the the prong, the poker, (laughs) and stab him with it? Or did he have like a different knife? Did he have some sort of shiv? Or was it actually something that you poked the hot dogs with that he stabbed him with? Think about what it has to get to, though. Like you're you're packing, you've got the knife on you in case someone gets on your turf with another hot dog stand. I think of uh, this is like the wire meets a West, an updated West Side story with <laughs> sharks and jets fighting in a turf war. This could be a great musical. Uh, the, the hot dog vendor setting up shop. Yanni Yans. You just break stars. out into song. You know, you start, you pull out the knives, and before the knife fight, uh, a Broadway musical breaks out between these hot dog vendors. Yeah, he's going to be the new Hamilton. We need to get to work on this. Where is the Lin Manuel Miranda when you need him? <laughs> Come on, get 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 the pen out. Let's let's get scribing on this story. This is a great musical. Does USC jump LSU tonight? Yes. I think they do. Yes, I think I'm they really do that over UCLA. Yeah. yeah, and then Clemson is where? I, I is, think, I'm also intrigued by this too because Clemson has been too far down, but now they have a chance to make up some ground it's here. It's very clear to me that the four teams in the driver's seat now, regardless of what tonight's rankings say, and this is what it's going to show tonight too, it's 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 Georgia, it's Ohio State, Michigan winner, it's TCU and USC. Those teams control, and so Ohio State, Michigan control their own destiny. Those are the four teams that, if they went out, yeah, they're in. No one can jump them. It's going to take those a combination of losses, and where does, for those teams to be out? Where would LSU need to be in order to actually have the conversation about what could happen? They need. Some losses from TCU and they need that, but like, can they jump? Like, I wonder what would happen if they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game after destroying AM. And then you, where do they need to be we'll tonight? Find out soon Again, I'm, I'm intrigued by where the committee has them because they're pretty high right now. We'll get into it tomorrow and we'll get you ready for a great football holiday weekend. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. <laughs>